Available now on DM's Guild. The Dark Tide of Damodan, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition underwater rescue adventure for characters 5th to 8th level. Can your heroes turn the tide in their favor? Or will they drown under the weight of the sea? Visit CritAcademy.com to pick up your copy today. Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. And I'm your co-host, Ian. And I'm your co-host, Austin. This podcast was created to provide you, our heroes, with new and reusable material for both players and DMs. We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. Our show may not be suitable for young children, but neither is our D&D games. Nope, not at all. (laughs) Uh, Once again, we are... Following the CDC recommendations for helping flatten the COVID curve, so to speak. So we are all once again coming right from our homes instead of the Kurt Academy studios. So we apologize if the quality of the audio isn't up to what you have come to expect from us. And just like that, we got demonetized on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, even mentioning the coronavirus will do that to you. Really? That's so crazy. Damn, yeah. they're probably trying to prevent the spread of misinformation, which seems to be a, a big thing these days. So yeah. I'm really excited for today's episode. Uh, we are going to be talking one of my childhood and adulthood things. I guess it's kind loves. of all of our childhood, right? I uh, think we all kind of went through that phase. Mind. Yeah, uh, Pokemon in Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. I'm really, really excited about that. Um, but... Before all that, if you enjoy the show or you'd like to support us, please visit us at CritAcademy.com. Check out our Patreon page. Maybe pick up one of our best-selling D&D supplements. Or just subscribe to our newsletter uh, to be entered to win Fat Loots every week. Lots of good stuff there. Um, I do want to give everyone a a good uh, heads up. On April 15th, (laughs) forgot which month it was, um... (laughs) We're going to be releasing our first published adventure, The Dark Tides of Damodan, an underwater adventure for 5th to 8th level. I'm super excited for this to come out. Um, you've probably seen some of the artwork and some of the, the posts that I've put up on our Twitter and Facebook. You've so. worked on that forever. <laughs> Is that the one we played? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited for that. Oh, so tough. hopefully you guys will be joining us there. Um that being said, Crit Nation, thank you so much for joining us here today at Crit Academy Studios, where everything's made up and your roles don't matter. Yep, that's right. Your roles are like finding a new Pokemon and not having any Pokeballs, which... Wah, wah, wah. Why? <laughs> you should have tons, if anything. <laughs> I oh, ran out in Pokemon Go a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, I am not super great at restocking on those, and also I get impatient and throw the balls at critters before they're low enough so half the time i just waste them so happens to me especially in the safari zone i hated that shit throw a rock like how how violent (laughs) can you be throwing rocks at critters that's why i throw bait bait seems more viable anyway i don't know why it's gotta be a happy medium there yeah um anyways 
for our Let's Talk About Blank segment, we are going to be talking about an Unearthed Arcana Spells and Magic Tattoos. Uh, I'm really excited for this. If somebody wants to toss that in the uh, the chat there, you can, or you can go to CritAcademy.com and click on the Canto Pokedex blog. It includes the link there as well. But um, we're going to be talking about this new Unearthed Arcana that turns magical tattoos into a potential reward for your players and i was really excited about this did you guys get a did you guys get a chance to take a peek at this i did and i'm i i like a good few of these honestly so any particular one uh uh jump out at you um so like the one that kind of stood out i mean there's there's a good few in here but the one that stood out to me the most is the eldritch claw tattoo uh supposedly it's uncommon but i'm kind of looking at it like i don't know man <laughs> i've seen some some uh rare items that aren't as good as this one <laughs> but uh um it does the initial paragraph doesn't really do much uh it's kind of just like this tattoo with like claw like forms and jagged shapes on you so you can mm-hmm. have it like a uh a real kind of like a claw mark across your chest maybe you're like oh yeah that's my tattoo man uh <laughs> But it makes your unarmed strikes uh, considered magical for the purposes of overcoming uh, immunity and resistance. I didn't realize it said immunity on there, so you can punch a ghost, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> didn't see that one. Uh, and you gain plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. That's for your unarmed strikes. Kind of cool. It's kind of flavorful more than anything, I feel like, unless maybe you're a monk. But uh, the the real kicker is the uh, the active ability, which is Eldritch Maul. Uh, and it's a bonus action. It's basically a power up for a minute, um, and it makes uh, all of your melee weapon attacks uh, reach up to thirty feet away from you, as tendrils of ink launch from your weapon or your unarmed strike if you're a monk again uh, to your target. In addition, your melee weapon attacks deal an extra one d six force damage on a hit. Uh, once it's used, you can't use it till next on. I just want to put this out. This is not a once per uh, round thing. This is every attack, and I'm like, that's, that's awesome. Kinda, that's kind of that's definitely something a uh, a brawler or a monk would really want to pick up. It seems. Yeah, mm-hmm. like if there's like a target who's flying 30 feet above you, you don't have to jump 30 feet anymore. You can just beat the thing while it's in the air. Like you're like <laughs> get down here. And it's like no, and you're like fine. And you just start punching it with your air fists. That's very much a. Uh, I'm a big My Hero Academia fan. And that's very much something that uh, um, the symbol of peace would do. Just he just punched the air at you, and you just you fall apart. It's yeah. really cool. I like this one a lot. I think that's my my favorite one, especially for uncommon. Which one's that one called again? The the Eldritch Claw okay. Tattoo. Interesting. So, I really like these because, I, first of all, I very much love the idea of giving out more potential rewards. Um, they really enhance this thing because you know, aside from the cool flavor of getting your body coated in tattoos, they actually mm. even give you a kind of a rule set for how much of your body each rarity covers like a common can cover up to any uh, up to six inches while a legendary covers up two limbs and the torso so like the more powerful the 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 tattoo the more that it takes up of your body which i think is really really cool oh (laughs) there's even a variant actually just right under it too where it says it can be presented as like a birthmark scars pattern of scales or 
anything like that, or even a brand. Oh, see, that's really, really cool. Yeah, you that... imagine being a previous slave and you got a special brand on you, oh. and like so- somehow it ended up being imbued by magic. Oh, or like that, uh, that's so you cool. went to like a prison or something, Ooh. and so they brand all the prisoners like on their face or something. So and then you just had it, and I don't know, some unearthly thing said, "Hey, turn it into a power," and now you have it. I love. Uh, I was a, I played a character who was an elf that could uh, who had come from a family of magic users, but he himself couldn't use magic. The only thing he could do is the weakest, which is like his cantrip that he got for free. So I love mm. the idea of playing that character, that elf who had tattoos that locked away all as a magic ability so now i'm a fighter and so yeah. i starting at level one i had to start all over i used to be big and powerful my power's been locked away by this tattoo but i can tap Hell into yeah. it just a little bit and you can see it flare up when i use firebolt or whatever cantrip you take as part of I that like feature it. yeah what about you Ian? think if you're off to echo night and be like oh i just created a double of myself hell yeah i mean just count what you're saying earlier these just give so many more options to players, and I'm always a fan of that. Yes. And obviously, we've only talked about the t- tattoos so far, but that's not counting all the other new spells that are in here too. Oh yeah. Which is yeah. a crap part of summoning spirits. Yeah, if you lo- if you've ever been interested in playing a very much a summoner style class, um, or the there this the other half of this unearthed arcana is all most all summoning spells, whether it's well, elementals or phase. And one thing I like about these summons, too, is the fact that it gives you the staff block right there. You don't have to control yes. them off the manual. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> another thing that I love about it is there is a summon celestial, which I do not believe there's a way to do that currently. Yes, there is. Is there really? Yeah. Uh, which must uh, be a higher level spell, then. It is. I, okay, I was going to say, because I know there's like summon greater demon. I know there's summon elementals. Not immediately aware of summon celestials no i think the wish could always do it too but yeah i, get, I like that, this yeah, is that low, lower spell um so i w- want to touch on one of the, the tattoos planar being that's it but you don't get oh, to choose what it is do you yes and no as much as you convert to your god as a cleric and it summons one of those allies and it could be a okay planar being depending mm-hmm. on what its alignment is in the background yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Um, That's kind of cool, though. One thing I want to touch on about these tattoos is that they some of them do require attunement, just like a magical item. Yes. So there is a limit to how many of these things you can get. Um, actually, I think all of these Do require... all of them require attunement? I oh, think they all It looks like do. they might all, actually. Yeah. yeah, they do. Okay. It's strange how the attunement works, too, because uh, it's, it's tattoo attunement, which is kind of cool anyway, but uh, it gives you a needle, and you just... And it goes kind of turns into the tattoo. It's really weird. I think that's so you can remove it. It says, no, like, it... to attune to this item, hold the needle to your skin uh, where you want the tattoo to appear, pressing the needle to your throughout the attunement process. When the attunement is complete, the needle turns into ink and becomes the tattoo, which appears on the skin. If you're, oh, it says, if your attunement ends, the tattoo vanishes and the needle reappears. So yeah, it's basically so you can reapply it like a magic item. It's essentially a magic item then. That's yeah. all it is. That's way if less you, cool then. If you have multiple magic tattoos, they count as a single magic item with regard to the number of magic items you can attune to. That is so broken. So then it does stack. That's stupid. What? 
Well, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense, right? Because you can put more tattoos <clears throat> on your body, right? I guess. Like, that's what come the legendary one is your whole torso and two limbs. Right. Well, then you can only have, like, a few common ones and or maybe a rare one anyway. Mm. So I guess so it's, off, it's offset by its number of uh, its size then. Yeah, but mm. still, I mean, if you had, you know, a half a limb or the scalp for uncommon, you can pretty much have 12 uncommon tattoos for no reason. Yeah. And some of these are pretty cool too. Like we talked about the Eldritch Claw, but the one that I thought was interest of note is Blood Fury Tattoo, which essentially um, gives you a crit range of 19 and 20. It is a legendary one, so let's make yes, sure let's, that's... Let's, yeah. <laughs> um, but it also does necrotic damage that you then suck away from your foes and gain temporary hit points, which I think is pretty, pretty sweet. And if a creature you see damage you, you can use your reaction to make a melee attack against that creature with advantage on your attack roll. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Well, that's a legendary tattoo. I mean, yeah, but still. That's so good. I love it. <laughs> Steve says tattoonment. <laughs> I like that. That's funny. Oh, man. Bloodfury uh... tattoo. I mean, it makes sense. It's a legendary, but like, holy yeah, oh, I love it. See, I like this because magic items can be taken away. These can't you be taken could. away. Good. Yeah. That'd but, be unless you remove the limb. That'd be another thing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you could add like survival like style D&D where like if you lost an arm, sorry dude, you can't two-hand weapons anymore. No, yeah, you lost your magic tattoo and the guy's trying to rip it out of your dead arm. <laughs> oh fantastic i thought that I this it. was a very cool unearthed arcana um i like to see him coming up with a little bit new things i would have much preferred this be more like a boon uh section like if i was to utilize this i would yeah. treat it more like boons than i would magical items see but... that's kind of what i thought it was but so then we saw the attunement and it's like oh okay i guess yeah. i thought it was going to be like uh dragon marks yes uh, for instance yes yeah. Very uh, closely related, almost, magic right. tattoos, except these are more like birthmarks. But anyway. Alrighty, do you have any other comments on this? Uh, let's talk about Blank there, uh, Ian. Nothing that we haven't already touched on. Alrighty. That'll do it for our Let's Talk About Blank segment, Sp- Magical Tattoos from Unearthed Arcana. Um, before we move on to our main topic, which I'm super excited for, um, we have a gift to give away compliments of Loresmith. Austin, would you like to tell us about that? Always. Uh, thank you, Loresmith, because uh, this is the Modular Dungeon Tiles Arcania. The Modular Dungeon Tiles are an easy way to create your own beautiful digital maps. The Arcania set in specific lets you make dark, shadowy dungeon maps searched with the fumes of arcane secrets. So mm. maybe you'll find a magic item. Maybe you'll find a lich. We'll see. <laughs> maybe you'll find your death. Yeah, to maybe, all your friends. Yeah, maybe there'll be a, a TPK just right around the corner. Or alternatively, maybe you someone's going to get a Vorpal sword and stuck in a stone somewhere, and you're going to be like, I want that. <laughs> oh, That's up to your DM. Hopefully who, he's nice. <laughs> who is our winner today, Austin? Uh, it's sgring.sg. Woo! That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Insert fancy music here. Um yeah. sgring.sg, uh, I guess. SG Ring. Uh I if, don't you, know. <laughs> if you enjoy this product, please let 
Laura Smith know, leave him a review, shoot him a message saying thanks, all that jazz. Um, if you didn't win, don't worry. Head on over to CritAcademy.com slash Uh and you can get an access to a free set of digital terrain, a, a short one-page adventure, and a few other pieces of fat loot. Definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. Now, moving on to our main topic today. I am really, really excited for this. Um, we are going to be discussing the Kanto Pokemon Monster Manual by Timothy Gonzalez. Um, you can find him over at pirategonzalezgames.com. So I guess my question is, is do you want to be the very best? Like no one ever was? <clears throat> to catch them all, is that your real test? Is training them your cause? We travel across the land. Searching far and wide. Use this guide to understand the power that's inside Pokemon. 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 <laughs> Our dorks. Really cringy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> but we did it, so here uh, we are. I was, I was worried I was going to bust out laughing before we got to that part. Oh, man. <laughs> so I am really excited for this. I've got this bad uh. boy opened. Um, basically what he has done, and we can include the link to this product in the, um, it's in our show notes. Once again, you can find that at, uh, critacademy.com and just scroll down to you find the, uh, Canto Pokedex blog. I've went ahead and included it in our Twitch stream so you can follow along. Maybe in Twitch, uh, tell us in Facebook and YouTube, tell us what you, uh, what's your favorite Pokemon. Um, so there's a lot, there's, this is a basically, a, a fifth edition conversion of the, um, 151 original Pokemon, uh, into Dungeons and Dragons as monsters. And we each have picked some of our own favorites. Um, but before we get into that right away, uh, what are your guys' overall thoughts with this? I personally am a big Pokemon fan, so I was really excited. I mean. I like it a lot. I'm surprised at how fleshed out it really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the the some of the things you can find on here, like uh, I like how, for instance, Charizard, he can fly. Thank you. Please. I <laughs> 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 love God. Thank you. <laughs> little or things like, like that, huh? Yeah, just like little things like that specifically like that or like how like he has fire blast and like yeah that's like that's iconic right, right. when you think charizard you think fire blast yeah. so I, i'm really i like that a lot what about you and, who are, and the guys who made this they, they clearly put a lot of work into it i mean sure there's a few things here and there i would have liked to have seen differently or one or two features add to one or two monsters like uh right scyther for example mm-hmm. okay <laughs> especially if you're watching anime <laughs> scyther um but other than other than that though <laughs> Yeah, I agree. A lot of work clearly went into this. I like, once again, kind of talking about what, uh, or repeating what Ian, or Austin said about, you can tell they went through a lot of trouble to make it feel iconic by including those abilities that are are popular among those those characters or those those Pokemon, which is really, really uh, a big, big sell for me because it makes you feel like, it's right out of one of the uh, old video games or new video games, I guess, if you're playing the new shit. Um, so we've each kind of went through and picked some of our own. So, Austin, why don't you tell us about one of the ones you picked? Um, I'm, I guess I'm going to start off with, I, th- I think he's number 150 himself, Mewtwo. Uh, because 
This thing is a behemoth. <laughs> uh, it is a challenge rating 23 just to start off. So this thing can tango with the likes of like Zariel. Don't right. know why, but hey, why not? I'm in it. <laughs> um, right off the bat, this thing has a movement speed of 30, but has a flying speed of 60, which kind of makes sense. This Mewtwo is kind of known to fly around, zip around. Um, Walking is for the weak. Pretty much, yeah. Um, weirdly, uh, it has telepathy for 120 mm. feet, which isn't the weird part. Uh, it can understand common, but not speak it. I think he can speak. He speaks in their mind, doesn't he? But I think he can like legitimately talk. I just I oh, think maybe yeah. he just chooses not to. Oh, maybe. Um, okay. but... That's a very subtle thing I wouldn't have caught. Uh. It's usually like when he's like taking damage, he uh, like he uh, outwardly like screams. So he does understand human language and can use it. It's just he chooses not to. So it's not that he can't speak; he just chooses. Yeah, not who to. wants to be mundane like everybody else? Which I mean, again, it makes sense. It's right up his alley. <laughs> um, he has recover. Uh, it just kind of happens. He just recovers ten hit points at the start of his turn, no matter what. Kind of crazy. That's uh, pretty cool. It, now, if you consider, he only he has three hundred hit points already. So that in and yeah. of itself is nothing super remarkable, but the fact that he just regains 10 every round is mm-hmm. pretty fantastic. And fits uh, with that I, theme. I love Premonition. Uh, it's The Pokemon adds its Wisdom modifier to its AC. Makes sense. Uh, it's right up, again, Mewtwo's alley. So instead of him has sticking with this low dexterity of 14, he would normally have a 12 AC. Well, now he finally found a way to give it a cool name and bump it up to a 19 AC. <laughs> so I thought that was really cool. That is really um, cool. Obviously, the big the big move, uh, Psychic, it's a recharge 5 or 6, um, does big wave of psychic energy, and uh, each creature within 60 feet, god, that's far, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> must make a DC 24 wisdom saving throw, taking 77 psychic damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful. Ow. Yeah, very painful. Um, I'm surprised there's no movement on top of it, like he's like shoving somebody like 30 feet or something on so, top of yeah, it. Yeah, like a, like when he does like the energy blast like outwards yeah. and shit. Yeah. He does a lot of telekinesis, so I'm surprised there's no use of it. He also right. has no shadow ball, which I thought was a little weird, but again, make, there's already so all, much yeah. in here. Yeah. Uh, he has a ranged attack and a melee attack. They're the same as as I'm oh uh side strike is psychic damage whereas psycho cut is force damage okay that's what the difference is turns out <laughs> right <laughs> um one's force one psychic the psychic one is range the force one's melee yeah uh, I imagine him just like like whipping his tail and like a big slash of energy coming out of it right um does have uh essentially uh what is it like repost is that what that normal? No, parry. He has like a parry where he adds seven AC against one melee attack. That would hit. Oh, God. <laughs> that's <laughs> 26 AC every single time you have to fight him. I'm sorry. Oh, that's funny. It's essentially, yeah, that's essentially like a permanent yeah. enhanced shield. Yes. Oh, God. I, why? I don't know. But again, 23 challenge rating. Yeah, that probably could, it has something to do with the fact that he, I would say his HP is kind of relatively not as high as I would expect for, it to be. Right. Um, and then he does get legendary actions, which is disable. Uh, he can attack on your turn. Why not? And he can <laughs> teleport uh, up to 100 feet. So he does get that as well. 
a lot of crazy stuff. Also, does disabled not? Ah, read disabled. Okay. Disabled as a legendary action, and actually, he's got a couple legendary actions. But the disabled is very interesting. Uh, one creature that the Pokemon can see within 100 feet must succeed a DC 24 Wisdom saving throw, similar to Psychic, or be unable to make attacks or cast spells, Mewtwo's choice, uh, for one minute. The creature can repeat the save at the end of each of its turn to end this effect. That's rough if you're a fighter. <laughs> uh, because you're going to be sitting there like, I hope my Indomitable kicks in and I actually push through this. Uh, because, wow. Well, not being, able to, not being able high. to cast spells is shitty, too. It doesn't matter who you are. That sucks. Yeah, that's, and it's not like it costs two of his legendary actions. This is just one on top of, you know, three that he can do. Which means he can basically do it three times around. Mm-hmm. That's kind of... He can just null an entire party, just like that. I mean, my paladin, surprisingly, Zorax, would, uh, he'd be able to tussle with it. Uh, given that is absurd wisdom saving throw, but <laughs> still pretty now, tough. I want to put his HP in perspective, um, because some okay. people may not know. So the Tarrasque, I, I don't know that as much. So the Tarrasque at level challenge rating 30 has 676. That's at CR 30. So if we look at like, uh, let's say a dragon at... Oh, I don't know. An ancient brass dragon CR 20. Uh, That's close. Uh, a challenge rating 20 has about 290 hit points for a brass dragon. So his hit points does line up with like dra ancient dragon level monsters. Um, putting his AC with that deflect though, man. Oh, God. Yeah, 26 is, is big. Yeah, that's I mean, granted, I mean, you're expecting to have a party and it's only going to do on one of those attacks. Right. Ideally. And if you again, if you're a high level fighter, you yeah. probably have three or four attacks anyway. Right. So I guess I kind of see that's it. That's a good point. But that's still that that one attack's not going to hit. I, I yeah. probably not unless it's a crit, which I mean, if you're a champion fighter, you get crits every three attacks. So who cares? Right, right. <laughs> what do you think about um, Mewtwo in this uh, context there, uh, Ian? He's a beast. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> this thing can tussle with the Tarrasque. Yeah. Probably. His, in, his intelligence is a 28. Jeez. That's insane. Um, overall. I don't, think I, I don't think anything has 30 intelligence. Um, not that I'm aware of anyway. Yeah. Um, overall, I love the flavor of this. As a DM, I would love running something like this. All the psychic energy bouncing around. Now, you mentioned mm -hmm. something I think that isn't included, but I think I would include myself. You talked about the telekinesis. I wouldn't necessarily yes. have it uh, affect that he does, but during the battle, I would have shit randomly levitating, stuff Ooh, like getting a layer blown action, around. Maybe? Well, maybe, but it wouldn't even necessarily okay. be something that would hurt the players but every round i would describe as he does this psychic nice you you see uh you take this big blast and you see a scrape of energy across the room as it cuts into the wall and chairs go flying or or, or something like that to really throw the to throw uh, constantly remind the players that he controls almost everything with his mind yeah, and everything it's that's going his on. domain yeah yes so uh, especially with that true sight of 120 feet good oh, luck geez. running you're not getting away from him. <laughs> yeah, true sight plus flying 60 feet plus teleporting 100 feet. Whew. 
you can't run from this This thing. is t- terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, um, Pokemon can use telekinesis uh, as a bonus action at will. Never mind, he can just use telekinesis at will. Where is that at? Uh, genetic Pokemon under safeguard. Oh, there you go. Okay. Which also means he's immune to status conditions. You can't grapple him, I think. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. Uh, Ian, why don't you tell us about one of the Pokemon you picked? I ended up uh, choosing all three Pokemon in the evolution chain for Munchop, Munchoke, and Munchap. <laughs> you know what? I was not surprised when I saw that you picked this. I was just thinking, he loves his barbarians. Of course, he's going to pick the muscle-bound brute in this. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Well, that I like the progression they made between all three stages too. Well, why don't you tell us tell us about that? Yeah. The different I'm, features and the progression. I want to hear it. Well, the first one is um, Machop. He's not very tough, which makes sense. He's the first stage. He's only a CR one creature. Mm-hmm. AC twelve, thirty two hit points, twenty strength. <laughs> CR one, twenty strength. Fucking ready to bulldoze somebody. And he's tireless, and he's immune to exhaustion and fatigue. I Ooh, love it. That's cool. That's really good. And he good. just has one attack, though, Karate Chop. <laughs> this is a melee attack, 1d6. It's not bad. But, but then he evolves into Munchoke, who then becomes a CR4. <laughs> if he goes up, his HP shoots way up from 32 to 127. Oh, jeez. For a CR4, sounds like a lot. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and he also gets sure. attack, which doesn't use Cry Chop twice, which is, of course, stronger than his previous version. Okay. So, does he get multi-attack or anything? Yep. Is oh, okay. So, he so he gets uh, Karate Chop, he can do twice? Okay. And he also gets oh. Focus, which allows the, the next attack he, he makes be a critical hit. Oh, shit. Also, he can grapple them with the yep. karate chop. Yep. And oh. he also gains seismic toss, where any we can throw a target he's grappled up to 60 feet away, dealing 88 bludgeoning damage to it. And and he also may attempt to throw the target at another creature, making a range attack with a plus 12 bonus. And I love it. On a successful attack, both creatures take half the damage. I love it. That's dope. <laughs> I like that, it a lot. Certainly not least but is Machap, the forearmed version of Machoke, who jumps up to CR12 from CR4. Damn. Gotta do what you gotta do. HP is now 209. That's fairly high for 12, Strength I think. Strength is 34. Whew. Strength is 34. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you get 34 strength, and you get 34 strength. I don't think I've ever seen something with higher than 30 anything. <laughs> now, the part that kind of struck me it's interesting with Machop, it looks like having a damage vulnerability to psychic damage, which is the something the other two don't have. Well, maybe he just got stupider as he got... Maybe they had to offset his strength. Maybe that's the, the difference. Yeah. But still maybe. immune to exhaustion and fatigue. Mm-hmm. And his multi-attack can now do up to four karate chops. Or two between seismic to- toss and submission. We'll get into that. Uh, and I believe Crash up now beats that with before and still grapple on attack. Seismic mm-hmm. toss, same thing as before, just a little bit more uh, dice toss in there. Now 14d8. Oh, and, and I can throw him 100 feet this time. That too. And ah. submission. 
Once a one creature that the Pokemon has grappled must make a DC 24 strength saving throw. And taking 34, taking 14d8 bludgeoning damage if they fail, and a level of exhaustion, or half as much damage on a failed on a successful save. Level of exhaustion. Yep. Oh, I have. Have you have you seen that as a monster feature before? I have not. That sounds so cool though and brutal. Okay, so. Um, let, awesome. let, let's let's wrap our hand, heads around this. So yeah. Um, let's first. I'm I want I want to talk about the focus that he had, but he lost the focus. Right, the original yep. focus gives you an automatic crit, but takes away. You basically have to do it in advance, right? You're psyching yourself up. I think that is a fantastic ability, and I think is really cool from a flavor standpoint because I very much can see him Dragon Ball Z and then running and pummeling people. Um. But what's really cool is that their karate chop actually allows for a grapple, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, once you hit them with it, it, their target is grappled. So now submission doesn't require an attack roll to hit. It just does it as long as yeah, they're grappled. It's a saving throw. Have you guys ever seen the old Mortal Kombat where yeah, Goro yeah. picks people up with his bottom two hands and then just beats the crap out of them with the top two? <laughs> That's totally what I'm envisioning right here. I... I love the the flow of it, honestly. And I love how he doesn't have focus mm-hmm. when he's Machamp because I imagine, like, how I envision it is he doesn't need it anymore. He He's at his pinnacle, right? Right. So he's just, point. he's at the peak and now he's, you know, he's got four arms. He's making four karate chops. So like, you're, you're getting boned, dude. I don't know, man. <laughs> like... He's immune to exhaustion, but he'll make you exhausted because you, he puts you in a submission. You can, this dude, I just want to point this out. This guy right here can make someone die by exhaustion. Yep. <laughs> he can submission them to death without doing hit points. So if you had some weird level of invulnerability where you can't take damage, well, you're probably still going to suffer exhaustion, right? right? You just have to break free from the struggle. And you can die while being invincible. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's I glorious. This was an absolutely fantastic choice there, Ian. That was um, good. I love the flavor. Don't be surprised if this monster doesn't show up at some point. I'd be okay with I may it. not call him a champ, but I love every bit of these features. Um, I just love big guys just beat the fuck out of things. And this is right up that alley. Right. <laughs> Those are $500 sunglasses, asshole. Um, so, uh, absolutely. I think this was a great choice. And I, uh, I think that they did a really good job. Now, it's funny you... Uh, that this was one of the second ones we talked about because we talked about a high level one and now this one at its third level has a CR 12. I do want to say that I did notice that uh, I felt that some of the third tier ability or forms were a kind of weak. Um, And I originally, I thought maybe that had something to do with trying to keep it lower level. So it's easier to balance Mm -hmm. or something, but some of them are like CR like four. I think we were talking about arcanine earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, that so far is really the only dig that I have at this product. Um, so old handy has an actual interesting question. He's curious how, uh, self-destruct works. So if one of you would look that up while I mo- make my way to my Pokemon and we'll answer that question, uh, in a short bit, what do you guys think? Uh, sure. 
So somebody can find a Pokemon with that, like Electrode or Voltorb or something. They don't have it. They don't have it? They do. Okay. They do. Well, I know Vol. Well, oh, wait, that one did. Never mind. There um, it is. Uh, right here. So, self-destruct. When the Pokemon dies or is knocked unconscious, which is completely different, it explodes. And each creature within five feet of it must make a DC 11 dexterity saving throw, taking 7, 2d6, fire damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful one. Mind you, this is Voltorb, not Electrode. Electrode, on the other hand, has Explosion, which is obviously the more devastating self-destruct. And Explosion is basically a point-blank fireball. It is just all creatures in 20 feet must make a DC 12 dexterity saving throw, 27 or 68 fire damage on a failed save or half damage on a successful one. The Pokemon is reduced to zero hit points. It's essentially just a fireball it's just spell. Fireball, yeah. Uh, but I do like that it triggers when he's knocked unconscious. It's not not something they have to actively do. Um, mm-hmm. So it's punishment for any player that's in the melee or even close range when. They finish him off. Could you imagine there being like three or four of these surrounding the players and some fireball and wizards like, I'm going to blow you bitches up, blows them up, and then they all explode and kill the whole party? Right. <laughs> that's just that's pretty good. I mean, I like it. Um, it's not super high level either. It's just yeah, like that. and that, that you're going to see that with the ones that I picked. There's a lot of them actually aren't as high as some of the other ones. Like the legendary birds are all like 20, I think. Um, but that area between the level 12 and, and 20 is very thin. Um, and I don't know if that's just cause he wasn't aware of the, the distribution of like a normal monster manual or something like that. But mm. that's also the levels you play at less. So that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, cars oh, only challenge rating five. That's yeah. yeah. That's weird. So, so, uh, I actually picked the, the ghastly, uh, trio. Um, I absolutely love, uh, the oh, yeah, dude. ghost Pokemons in my games uh, next to Arcanine. They're the ones that I relied on the most. And then, of course, between. Yeah, um, I loved mm-hmm. it. So talking about uh, this first. So we're going to start with Gasly, who's a cha- half a challenge rating. Um, mm-hmm. Zero move speed, but has a fly speed of 30 feet and hovers, which I think is fantastic. Um, and of course, there uh, they have it has damage resistance, uh, dam- plenty of damage resistances, vulnerability to radiant, um, which makes sense, Wait, right? Yeah, I can agree to that. Um, it is uh, got the incorporeal movement and all that jazz. Uh, one of its cool features called engulf, uh, and it, which means basically means it can share a space with another creature. And when it starts its turn there, the creature must succeed a con save or take poison damage. That's fantastic. I like that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Basically, That's you're cool. being choked by his ghostly form, I guess. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um. The other thing is wind susceptibility. Since it's mostly gas, strong winds can disperse it. <laughs> Just blows away. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess. Okay. Um, and I thought that that was kind of a nice little subtle jab at the fact that there's it's made of smoke and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, that yeah. obviously is a weakness, right? Right. Um, but it's a minor one. So what abilities does it have? It has its most famous one called Lick. It's basically a short, it's a melee range attack that has a chance to paralyze the target if they fail a constitution save. That's literally what the ability can do. Has a chance to paralyze people. That's mm-hmm. what it does in the yeah. game if I remember right, too. Yeah, um, fairly high chance, too, if I remember correctly, too. <laughs> anybody that has listened to the episode of, um, uh, oh, shit. 
I was on a I was on a show and I'm completely drawing a blank. Um, when I play my Venom character, um, I always go out of my way to describe the tongue lashing about and sliding up people's neck and mm-hmm. faces and stuff to gross people out. I would totally be having too much fun with this thing if I was running it as a monster. Um, so <laughs> once it's evolved, becomes a haunter. It's now a challenge rating three. Um, no real changes in the majority of like it's, uh, basic vulnerabilities and stuff, but it does gain the intimidate skill, uh, mm-hmm. at a plus five, which is really cool. Um, I like it. it. It still maintains the wind susceptibility in the lick, but it gets two new abilities. The first one being nightshade, one creature within 60 feet that it can see has to make a, a wisdom saving throw or take 48, uh, psychic damage on a failed or half as much on a successful. It's basically just a psychic attack. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which once again, now it went from just having a, uh, a basic lick melee attack to now having range, which gives it a little more versatility and it can still fly. So F you melee guys, I'm floating in the sky and I'm just going to nightshade the shit out of you. Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. But it has another ability called hypnosis that recharges on a five or six. Once again, an iconic, uh, haunter Gengar ability, uh, mm-hmm. Creature must make a charisma saving throw or fall asleep for one minute uh, on a failed save. The creature can repeat at the end of every round. This can potentially incapacitate a group um, because a minute is a really, really long time. Either for yeah. him to whip your ass or him to get away or minions to do the job for you. Because even if you got a party of five, one lick dropping out one party member is going to really, or one hypnosis is going to really make an issue. It's either going to cause action economy issue, uh, issues with the party or um, they're going to drag the guy away and eat him later. Is <laughs> what I, yeah. my monsters usually do. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, he has his final form. Or is it? Um, the Gengar, uh, which brings him up to a challenge rating five. Now this is where I was talking about where I felt like the third tier evolutions weren't as evenly matched as they probably should have been. Um, and the example with Machoke was a good example or Machamp because we went from, what was it like a three to a 12 or something like that? Two to four to 12. Yeah. So that shows just how inconsistent it was. Now, I don't know what the reason for that is. Maybe a distribution of CRs, but it seems kind of one-sided to me. That being said, not a huge thing, just a minor thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gengar has all the other, you know, it, it loses a couple of the different abilities. It has the one. incorporeal movement and gains a new one called Shadow Stealth. And in Dim Light and Very Darkness, cool. he can hide as a bonus action. He also has grounded move speed. Yes, 30, 30 feet. He's actually slower than Haunter. And uh, I can still fly. Yeah, still but same. he's slower. 30 feet. Oh, is it 30? Oh, I thought it was 40 yeah, previously. 30. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so he can wobble around like the, the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> um, but he gets, a, he gets a bonus action on top of his hypnosis and his nightshade, which is called Dream Eater. One sleeping target takes uh, 4d8 psychic damage. Once again, bonus action, no save. You're already asleep. You're boned. Uh, yep. And the Gengar recovers that many hit points that he consumes. That's oh my God. really good. Yes, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic and really very, was dope. Very Gengar. Yes. Where you want to get them asleep and then you just beat the shit out of them. Yeah, right? dude, it's freaking like uh, I can totally I would be describing a scene like something out of Freddy Krueger. 
Like you're dashing through the doors and every single one's locked and all you can hear is this haunting cackle <laughs> coming from around you, echoing off the things until it jumps out and devours your arm or something. Because with Dream Eater, that's something that you can get very uh, loose with the the things you can't normally do, like chopping off limbs because it's just a dream, oh, yeah. right? It's just a dream, yeah. Oh, boom. Yeah off your leg you're being you're crawling away to escape this giant ball mouth that's basically what it is it's a mouth with legs <laughs> pretty, you know in, in reality that'd be terrifying I know, right? <laughs> like we say like oh it looks so cute look it's all purple and fuzzy looking but like in reality this thing could eat my door <laughs> like come on man for oh, sure dude so what that's do you good. uh what do you think about this ian i man there's definitely interesting progression there. No question about that. <laughs> yeah. I would have loved to see this as a higher level. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But scaling is something we can do easily, I guess. I oh, yeah. That's definitely something that can be said for, for a lot of these creatures, but at the same time, and I wish a few of them had more features than what they currently had, but yeah. once again, though, there's still a lot of good work, and if you want to make additions to them, you can build off them, no problem, so whatever. Right. Yes, for sure, for sure. And this is definitely great groundwork at the very least yeah and I, like i said um this was just a, that was just a small nitpicky thing wasn't a super uh big thing it was just an observation that i had met, made um during my okay. reviewing of the product because that happens a lot like for example the the charizard is known to be a powerhouse right yeah. he's a monster he's a cr12 okay that that's not terrible but that's not like a powerhouse you know what I mean? If you look at like actual dragons we have right. here, you know, they're like CR twenty. Right. <laughs> but uh yeah, I can agree to that. <laughs> I do love the fact that Weedle and uh Weedle <laughs> and uh Metapod at least get tackle. <laughs> That's good. Uh sure it does one damage but at least it's something <laughs> has it could just be like eh, and you, you just kind of look at like ow what why <laughs> can we can we talk for a second about harden because in in the game harden makes their defense go up and that lowers damage in this one it adds to the ac against one melee attack that would hit it <laughs> one melee. yeah to me that makes it less interesting i would say that every time you use it maybe having the ac go up like by one indefinitely. That's what I thought it would do. Yeah, yeah. But okay. You know, um, again, something you can just change if you don't agree with it. Um, I mean, so did you have another uh, monster picked out there? Austin? I thought you did. I did. Um, I have two, one of which was Arcanine, which was previously mentioned. Let's, and then, let's talk uh, about that one. Yeah. Then. Let's talk about Arcanine. If I, there it is. Um, so Arcanine for is surprisingly only because Crowlith is a challenge rating one fourth and Arcanine is a challenge rating three. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever used Arcanine before, but Arcanine's stats are dumb. <laughs> like, actually, <laughs> they're uh, very so, powerful. I think yes. in the original, he was meant to be some sort of legendary Pokemon. And that's why I, his stats were mechanically so high. Yeah, like he he in the Pokedex is called like because usually they have like a oh it is a rat pokemon this one is just <laughs> literally stated legendary i don't know if it was a mistranslation or something but that's what yeah, it was yeah. just called so right. everyone just rolled with it yeah. um but i mean it does have keen hearing and smell so anything that involves like wisdom perception checks that rely on smell or hearing it has advantage of cool you know mm -hmm. big old dog styled 
monster. Why not? Uh, resistant to fire. Fair. I mean, <laughs> I think it should be immune to fire personally, but I could say damage though. So what's that? But he's but fire types can still take fire damage. So uh, yeah. So I mean, it makes it's just sense. not very effective. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do like that. I would probably change this, not say it's extreme speed, but it says extreme speed, which is the Pokemon can move up to its speed and make a tackle attack, which, I mean, can't any monster move up to its speed and just make an attack? I'm not super sure. Oh, um, that's an action. So he can move up to his speed and then move up to his speed again and still attack. So basically he can take oh, the dash okay. action, basically, and it's still essentially make an attack. The okay, okay. That's that the way I'm sense, seeing though. it. Cause that'd be that's 100 feet then. That's that's far. That's he's coming. <laughs> uh, um, and you can't run from it either, cause it can it'll it'll smell and hear you. Uh, but it does have Fire Fang, which is a melee weapon attack. Uh, pretty basic to some extent, but surprisingly, it does some damage. Uh, uh let's talk it, about how there's a, a reference to reflex saves, which is not a thing in Fifth Edition. That should be a de- <laughs> that should be a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> Where does it say that? Oh, uh, right, they're reflex saving throw. <laughs> That's funny. Um, it does, uh, yeah, decent fire and piercing damage. Not bad. Uh, reflex saving throw. It lights them on fire, so they got to make a save damage. Oh, it, which is cool. I do like that. I do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I'm personally a huge fan of like DOT effects. Yes. Um, I don't feel like it's integrated enough in Five E. I which surprisingly well i think that was because they really tried hard to get rid of all the extra counting that happens and when one person dots something and another person dots something and the third person yeah dots somebody, I, I guess that makes sense yeah and they were i think they were just trying to get rid of that though that does start to show up occasionally Hmm. um and it does have roar so each non-deafened creature in the pokemon of the pokemon's choice that is within 100 feet of the pokemon can hear it must make a dc 12 wisdom saving throw or become frightened for a minute it can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on a success. And of course, once it does that, it and it does succeed, it is good for 24 hours. So that's um, awesome. I love that. Yeah, it's fun. It, you know, big. It is apparently a large uh, monster as well. So this is big thing, and it roars at you. I'm gonna be a little frightened, but again, <laughs> surprisingly kind of weak. Um, I would like to see it. Maybe not necessarily a challenge rating three. Uh, but again, we have said it before, uh, you can kind of scale these things anyway, so it's not right, right. that big of a deal. I do um, find it interesting. It lost uh, Ember, but I'm starting to notice that I don't think any of the Pokemons have more than four abilities, at least most of them. Yeah. Is that accurate? Is that why they're losing I, him? Because he's sticking to that? I'd have um, to check more to confirm. Actually, I know, I know yeah, the legend... I'm- I know Mewtwo had more, but well, Mewtwo had more, yeah. But like, I'm kind of scrolling through. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing no more than four on every single one of the. Oh wait, no, yeah, that's four. Yeah. Oh, so if, that's an interesting nod to the game. If that was intentional or a happy accident, I, I, I mean, I like it. I'm, I'm down. That's cool. Um, um as my final one, because I know we all did three, uh, technically. Uh, my final one was Golem, because big rock man, it's cool. Uh, he has a damage immunity to lightning. I thought that was nice because uh, rock types are immune to lightning. Nope, nope. Ground types are immune to lightning. Rock types are not. <laughs> Look at that. So, dun, dun, dun. Ground types? I think, yep. yeah. Well, maybe yeah, they're I just considering that ground. Well, that's a. Is it a ground and rock type? 
Yep, just... both both rock types are also ground types. Okay. Okay. That makes sense then. Um clearly Ian knows the game better than us. Uh, apparently. That's I just think okay. crap can the original rather than blue and yellow. <laughs> uh but uh it does have false appearance, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> Looks like uh, a rock. It does, and if it's, if it's sitting still, it's just rocked. I, <laughs> I thought that was beautiful. I, I, it's pretty much why I chose this one. It was just for that ability alone. I, I was like, that is so great. I like it. Um, it is sturdy, so if it damage reduces the Pokemon to zero hit points, it must make a con save. Uh, uh, five plus the damage taken, unless damage is from fire or from a critical hit. On a success, the Pokemon drops to one hit point instead. Oh, oh that's cool. It's basically yeah. the... Uh... The roulette, what is the one the the half orc has? It's something like that, right? Yeah, I, I don't I don't orcs know what it's called. Million. Yes, thank you. Orcs Which is the full, but the orc does not have. Figure that one out. Been trying to figure it out since the first ten times you said. <laughs> <laughs> um, it does have rollout, which is kind of like its signature thing. It kind of just turns into a boulder and starts rolling after you. I love how they did the mechanic of rollout. Basically, it increases with damage for every 10 feet it moves before it does the attack. It's quite literally a boulder coming after you. Yes, that's Go fantastic. figure. Could you imagine this as like a trap, though? As like oh. a, like a, in, um... It's in Indiana Giants. Jones, except at the end he unlocks and rolls and then like grapples and punches a bit. <laughs> and it just goes and just starts beating you up. <laughs> That'd be cool. And then it gets the parry effect too, which is kind of strange. I'm kind of, I mean, it already has 19 AC. Why would you want to add another four to it for one attack per round? Beats me, but all right. Sure. I guess that's supposed to represent he's hard to hit. I mean, without right. giving him a permanently really, really high AC. Mm-hmm. So, so balance mechanic. Well, perhaps. Maybe. I like it. Simple. Yeah, big, I love it. Tough. I like it a lot. Honestly, the next rolling boulder you guys run after is probably going to be this. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a golem just running after us. Oh my gosh, that's You're great. Like, oh man, we dodged the trap, guys. Oh man. And then you guys look around. You see it's sprouting arms and legs, and it has a head, and it looks at you. <laughs> You're just like, oh, <laughs> what's this? Uh, it's being like too, so. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, overall, this is a really neat idea, a fantastic product. I'm, I really glad we enjoyed it. I do want to let everyone know that, um, while we covered the Kanto Pokedex, there's actually a Jotun, Johto and a Hoan one as well. Mm -hmm. Um, which includes all the, some of those newer Pokemon. I'm old and I'm a classic and I'm going to care for the originals. Uh, even in the new games I play, I try to get all one a team of only the originals cause I'm a scrub like that, but um it's very cool i'm really i really had a blast for this um aside from kind of the stuff we poked harked on already was there anything else that you found as, as sort of a a con to this product or to this resource no documentation here for like uh leveling them up <laughs> yeah actually well and i think maybe that's just because they're monsters but yeah you think there would be something right. with it if you want it because i totally can see myself saying all right everyone we're playing pokemon and everyone's a Beastmaster ranger and no spell slots no spells you get to pick a pokemon here's your choices let's go you don't level up your pokemon do oh my gosh that's so weird that'd be it'd be interesting, interesting. to try for sure yeah just D and D mechanics. Yeah, I think it would be really, really interesting. Um, 
Was there anything else? Uh, we I kind of wanted to heart, touch on the legendary birds for a minute too. Did you guys get okay. a chance to check these bad boys out? Uh, yep. I looked at Zapdos briefly. I saw one of its legendary actions was called Roost, and it literally just gains back forty hit points on your turn. Yep. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All of the mechanics are very flavorful for each one of the the Articuno, the Moltres, and the Zapdos. Um, some of them are similar. Um, they're CR twenty two. But they are very, very. Their abilities are right on par with what you would expect of mm-hmm. the 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 legendary uh, birds. So, and I like how they snuck in the uh, logos of Pokemon Go in there too with for them. I mm-hmm. saw that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these things look tough as hell to beat up. Jeez. <laughs> right. They all have legendary actions of varying types, whether it's freeze dry. Um, yeah the roost is really cool you mentioned that the, the ability to just fly away and heal real quick is pretty dope yeah it's that's crazy if you don't ground them they're gonna they can get away easy with flyby um and 60 feet of flying too per round Ugh. they're gonna get away good luck <laughs> so, what's that on top of their other abilities. oh yeah and they got a lot like i said there there's a i don't want to get too much they each do have an aura which i think is cool that's uh, does damage for their element, which is perfect. Makes sense. I love so, it. Yeah. yeah, it's their element. They're kind of around, and you kind of like Moltres is quite literally on fire. I mean, there's no escaping it. <laughs> so uh, I like it. All righty, I think that'll do it for our main topic: the Kanto Pokedex Monster Manual. Um, once again, this is by That's Tim tough. Gonzalez over at. Uh, PirateGonzalezGames.com. You can head on over to CritAcademy.com, and there's a link right in our show notes uh, in our blog area. So check that out. Um, before we move to our unearth tips and tricks, we have another gift to give away. Ian, would you like to tell us about it? Why certainly. Our giveaway is Villains and Layers Number Two by Jeff Stevens. Revolutionize your game with this collection of 28 villainous NPCs, from small fry to world enders, eight of which include maps and details of their layers. And there's also plenty of sinister side quests, terrifying overlords, bounties, one-shots, and much, much more lies on wait for you inside. Love it. It's very good. Who is our winner today? The Han one. Woo! <laughs> um, uh, I just caught wind of this old handy in the chat says no spell slots, but six Pokeball max. Love it. <laughs> um, congratulations. Zahan one. If you enjoy the product, please leave Jeff Stevens a review and tell him Crit Academy sent you. Um, if you didn't win, have no fear. Crit Academy is here. Head on over to criticademy.com slash just slash Jeff Stevens. I almost gave the old one um, to get uh, Villains and Layers 3 for free. And now, what you've all been waiting for. Our Unearth Tips and Tricks segment, where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. Our character concept today is brought to us by Ian called the monster breeder. Hmm. Oh yeah. Why don't you tell us about this monster breeder character concept? Yes, sir. I can tell you anything you want to know about Megagarp. It tastes disgusting. 
but they can breed like none other. Lots of protein too. See a ordinary person, they smell like uh, olive oil left in the sun for about a month. <laughs> Taste ain't much better, but you know where to get them when you're purchasing their meat. A cook that knows their way around the seasoning, though, might make it taste somewhat respectable. And there's about a thousand eggs per batch for the females in mating season. Did you need eggs too for caviar? <laughs> and that's a real fast. And every now and then, you gotta be careful because you get one of them up to them Gyarados. And let me tell you, you ain't got no creature more tough than them bell tempered. <laughs> <laughs> gotta put them down right and quick before they figure out their abilities. See, before you get some bodily harm inflicted on your person. Know what I mean? <laughs> May not be the best life, but it'll be honest work, and there always be something to be said about that. <laughs> oh my gosh, you cracked me up, man! I know we didn't cover Garrus, but I did look at it, and it's tough. Yeah, <laughs> I just—I was actually game. looking for it really quick. Uh, um, I was actually uh, surprised they give it hyper beam, but Dragon Rage still still disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it's still. <laughs> what CR was it in the twenties? Wasn't it or nineteen or something? I think it was twenty two. Yeah, Gyarados is uh, pretty savage. And is actually savage. I'm going to look for him. Um, I love this character concept you brought, Ian. It fit the theme. A knowledgeable person who in their spare time is breeding monsters. Um, yep. I think that makes for a very great uh, Beastmaster uh, Ranger or... Um, maybe a wizard or a scholar or something like that. Can I just say you guys, his accent is literally typed out in the show notes and it is yeah, hilarious. It was great to, to kind of just try and follow through. Like, Oh my goodness. Okay. A megacarp is a challenge zero creature. The 22. Oh, man. I love it. Almost as strong as almost as strong as the uh, legendary birds. And, the sucker has 340 hit points. Jeez. Let him okay. um, what do you got? What do you think about this uh, character concept that uh, Ian brought there, Austin? This I monster. Why? Why? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you what. Yeah, right there, Ian. I'm, that's pretty good. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it makes me want to breed my own monsters. Uh, let me tell you. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna capture me a ditto. I'm going to get me a Pikachu. I'm going to make a whole farm of lightning rats, and I'm going to get a whole bunch of them to power up my generator. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. You guys, can you imagine uh, we talked about those summoning spells and some of, like, the conjure woodland beings and stuff? What if when you played a character with this backstory and you took the spells for conjure uh, woodland critters and, and stuff like that, and it's just you summoning the shit you've been breeding? <laughs> oh, man, I summoned me in that. Oh, boy. That's not a good one. That's a... <laughs> I'm going to have to put that one back to the ranch. <laughs> you summon, what is the one that summons pixies that you can summon uh, pixies? Oh, uh, um, you have uh, all these little pixies running around. You mate pixies. Uh, yeah. I try not to watch though. They get kind of freaky. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I think this is a great character concept and really fit the, the Pokemon theme, especially if you've played and done the, the Pokemon breeding, mm. you know what I'm looking forward to. Chocobo breeding because that new Final Fantasy VII remake's coming out in a couple days. Woo! So give me a gold Chocobo. Actually, I don't know that that's true because I think we'll st uh, it ends at the end of the city, so maybe not. Damn. Anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll see. A uh, great monster uh, character concept there, uh, Ian, the monster breeder. 
our monster variant of the podcast is the hypnotist. I totally uh, stole this from not only the Gengar but the the hypno and all the other things. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna start with the origin, the wraith. Um, the hypnotist is a master of illusion and manipulation. His ability to toss enemies into deep slumber with his pendulum and then leap into their dreams to torture them is a nightmare for anyone. The hypnotist is able to siphon off the life force of their victim to extend their own life. Now that's metal. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) So, so the first thing you got to make some changes to the wraith, you have to remove the incorporeal movement, sunlight sensitivity and create specter. Do not leave it with create specter or it's challenge rating will be much higher than it should be. Um, the new features you're going to give it is Nightmare, a creature under the effects of the hypnotic pendulum, uh, has disadvantage on saving throws against the hypnotist's life drain effect. Now, the Wraith comes with the life drain effect automatically healing itself. Having an ability that imposes disadvantage on the save significantly increases the chance that it will succeed. This is where it gets a little stronger because it's constantly going to be regaining health more frequently than it would have otherwise. Now, the hypnotic pendulum. It basically, the uh, the pendulum creates dancing and twisting patterns of shapes and colors throughout the air inside of a 30-foot cone, and each creature in the air who sees the pendulum pattern must make a wisdom saving throw or become charmed for one minute. While charmed by this creature, it is incapacitated with a speed of zero. Hmm. Any damage to the creature, uh, or if somebody else uh, tries to shake it awake, ends that out of its stupor. So basically this thing can, if everyone in your party failed, essentially knock you all to the point where you're being manipulated by this creature. Um, For a minute, but yeah, a minute's long enough. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. And it'll give, because adding this to a creature when it's designed to go up against a group against one person and they keep hitting that person with life drain. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. So yep. it'll be very challenging. Um, it is uh, hard. Like I said, if you don't take away the create specter, it becomes way out of its CR rating. So mm. what do you guys think about this? That's neat. It's metal. I like it. It's just <laughs> this really brutal monster creature person where it just kind of just like, I'm going to put you to sleep. Well, you're not really being put to sleep. You're kind of being all charmed. And then I'm just going to drain the actual life force out of you till you just disappear. Yeah, it's uh, pretty savage. And once again, this comes back to, I was thinking about Gengar and Hypno's ability, and then Friday the 13th came into mind. I'm like, oh my god, how have I not made a monster that does that yet? So, uh, there you go. (laughs) Do you have any thoughts on this, Ian? Stomach keeping the theme with with Pokemon, since you basically made your own variant to Hypno, so, and this thing would be a complete other pain to go up against. (laughs) Yep. It was, it's like gothic hypno. Yeah. <laughs> and as I warn people, I had to go and be creeped out. Look up the hypno's lullaby video on YouTube. Oh my God. Did you see the, the what the Pokedex thing said about the hypno? Like, yep. I'm pretty sure it says something about making kids disappear or something. That's actually, and the hypno's lullaby video doubles down on that. Oh man. <laughs> Disturbing. Um, <laughs> All right, uh, that'll do it for our monster variant. Austin, would you like to tell us about our encounter of the podcast? Sure. Our encounter of the podcast is Gotta Catch Them All. Ah! I wonder where that came from. (laughs) Uh, Please don't demonetize us. 
Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that should have sealed once you mentioned the coronavirus. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, a traveling circus troupe has recently been attacked by an orc raiding, or an orc raid, sorry, during their travels. During the attack, several of the troupe's main attractions were killed. Uh, the ringmaster has requested that the characters search out a collection of monsters to help refill his show. As a DM, you can choose these monsters for yourself. A few we recommend, an elephant, flying sword, uh, dryad, elemental, and a werebear, if you're brave enough, uh, a lion. Uh, the real challenge comes to when the characters are tasked when capturing the creatures who are sentient. Like They're essentially, yeah. Uh, they are essentially hunting to enslave. By keeping the phrasing as beasts and monsters, uh, the characters are less likely to think of it as, or yeah, to less likely to think of it as servitude and enslavement. But you can use this as an opportunity to show that they have personality. He offers a special flute that indicates when they are weak. If you play it, it will put them to sleep, making them easier to capture. I like that. The flute can cast the sleep spell 1d4 times a day. So, really cool. I like that. Actually, for that matter, I'm not sure a dryad can actually leave a certain amount of distance from her tree on top of that tool without dying. So You take the whole tree then, buddy. You just Maybe that's one of the challenges. Oh, um, down kills it. What? Really? No. I didn't know that. Early um, mythology, so. No, wow. Well, anywho, um, I'm looking at it. <laughs> this concept is very interesting because growing up, I always, I had never really considered the catching a Pokemon a big deal. But if you really think about it, you're basically catching creatures who are intelligent enough to understand human speech, making mm-hmm. them sentient. And you are forcing them to serve you by and framing it as you want to be the very best. And you're going to be my friend. Um, also, can we mention that you beat the snot out of them before you enslaved them too? Yeah. You? Like that's brutal. To, to near death, actually. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. Uh, I combine this with an idea that Ian had sent through when we were discussing this. And um, I thought the idea was intriguing because – If you start with the hunt with something easy, like, hey, there's a few things I need. Why don't you go get this for me and start with an elephant? And they're not going to think none of it because it's a beast of burden, right? Yep. Um, But, oh, get a flying sword. Oh, that's not – that's just uh, something imbued with magic. That's not a big deal. And then you continue to pick more monsters that are more and more sentient until you're hunting a werebear, which is essentially a person. Yep. Um, What do you guys think about this? I love moral ambiguity. That's great. Ah, me too. A lot of layers to this, no question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully that 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 is something your players struggle with because that's the goal is to make this something that they struggle right. with. Now, some characters probably won't give two flips about it. Um, but if they're truly heroes, eventually as they've been doing this, it'll be it should become a problem. So mm-hmm. then who is the villain? Is it the guy who asked you to catch him or you who's actually doing the beating and enslaving? Um, or is it the orcs who caused the problem in the first place? But then again, now you're back to this weird question of is the traveling circus troop really all it's meant to be when they're enslaving things? Or, you know, maybe you yeah. should just outroot that problem. Yeah. I don't know. That's so what, the point. So does the, the, the dryad in D&D die when you cut down her tree? Uh, not in 5th edition anyway. Okay. I'd say you can cut it out just like you're transplanting it, right? <laughs> just move it to the circus. We're just giving you a better view. <laughs> Anyways, um, 
I think that'll do it for our encounter of the podcast. Gotta catch them all. Ian, would you like to tell us about our magic item? The vial of stun spore. Wondrous item. Rare. Oh, really? that no, it doesn't. That's a typo because I copied and pasted. Sorry. You're like, really? <laughs> yeah, on-use items don't usually require attunement. Hence the really. It's like, what? A vial? <laughs> anyway, uh, effect spore. This vial is filled with tiny purple and black spores. As an action, you can pour the vial of spores onto a piece of armor. For the next hour, the first time a creature hits you with a melee attack, they must make a DC 15 con save or be paralyzed for a minute. The creature can repeat a signature at the end of its turn to end the effect. Once a creature has successfully saved against the effect, it is immune for 24 hours. That's great. This is and totally a Pokemon ability in a jar. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, stun Spore, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I took it from uh, Butterfree or from uh, Vileplume, but uh, I love the idea of taking out a magical dust Put it on your armor, and then when somebody attacks you, it knocking it free and poisoning them. And in this case, paralyzing them. Because yeah. what do you did you kill him? No, he's just paralyzed for like a minute. We should go. What should we do with him? <laughs> what do you guys uh, think about this? He'll be fine. That's. Uh, I like the fact that it's used defensively. Mm-hmm. I don't yep. know why. Something about that it feels correct to me. Like it, it's it's meant to be this defensive option rather than like i'm literally just throwing this vial i hope it explodes in your face and now you're paralyzed yeah so that's cool i like it um i also thought it would be really cool for somebody who is prone to sneaking around putting it on their armor and if they get caught and they get surprised and somebody tries to stab them it stuns them giving them time to get the hell out or take their head off (laughs) you know so i like how it's filled with like tiny purple and black spores so like if if they are sneaking around they have this like weird camo anyway (laughs) in darkness Uh, his armor looks really weird man uh steve's uh, an area effect if you're hit no it is just when the next time a creature hits you with a melee attack they must and that's it it's one time used um i think yeah, for, and it lasts for an hour. So this is something you would probably put on advance before you're going into either a boss fight or going into an enemy's lair or something mm-hmm. like that. My one concern, I guess, because it is a consumable, yes, um, is that if it hits you with the melee attack, uh, even if they succeed on the saving throw, you still lose the effect and you gain nothing. For a rare item, that seems kind of st- being paralyzed me. is is pretty harsh though that's, that's true. a severe penalty yeah because um, a paralyzed creature any melee attack is an auto crit if i'm not mistaken or is it with advantage i forget something nasty yeah something it, like it, that yeah so i mean i, yeah, I guess because yeah. honestly that is something i, I had uh, originally concern uh considered and uh because i've already altered it a little bit from what was in like the pokemon uh pokedex mm-hmm. Um, but that was something that I had considered too. I was like, you know what? Paralyzed is uh, paralyzation is such a powerful debuff that I think that that is acceptable. And it's a relatively high constitution too. At 15, that's not exactly an easy DC to make. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Um, now that we kind of like talked it out and I saw the reasoning behind it, that makes sense to me. Okay. And like I said, maybe, maybe it's more of an uncommon item. Uh, but either way, it might ride that line. Um, that'll do it for our magic item, the vial of stun spore. 
our dungeon master tip of the podcast is oops i killed them all <laughs> uh this comes from chance gift on facebook here are some alternative ideas when a tpk goes down but you still want your party of adventurers to continue now i'll be honest i have killed my players more than once it happens sometimes um happened recently yeah, it did actually. Semi dear. recently, semi recently, I yeah. killed everybody. But well, well that was then uh, they were doing the Dark Tides of Damodan uh, thing, yeah. and he uh, got caught up to him. And uh, Champion Fire being enthralled is uh, far worse thing. than anything else. <laughs> yes, um, so it was interesting. But here are some options that Chance says will help you if you want. Don't if you either maybe it was a mistake or you feel bad or whatever. Pause the sub session. Next time the team gets together, have them make new characters for the one for a one shot. Without knowing it, run an adventure that ends either with those characters they're playing as saving the heroes in their weekly game from a uh, TPK, or doing something that affects the session that they're in that takes it away from that being would a TPK. be really interesting. I would save like yourselves. That. Yeah, I think that yeah. that's very very cool. It's That'd be so cool because you're you're imagining already as the player standpoint. Uh, yep. You're like, yeah, these guys are dead. That fucking blows. Uh, and without knowing, like you might realize you're going like towards these similar sounding areas. Maybe the DM intentionally doesn't mention a name or anything. Right. right? Um, and you're just kind of there and you just see these people fighting this, you know, big bad evil guy. And you're like, Oh my God, that's them. We got to save them. Um, I was actually, cool. you, you mentioned the, the adventure you guys just had with the TPK. I can totally imagine giving you guys some sailor, uh, characters and having you be the sailors that were on that ship that you were on dive in as an anchor carries them down to where you're at to help, uh, lift up the, the, the captives and mm -hmm. bring down potions to administer to you guys to help continue the fight or something along those lines. But um, would have been interesting for sure. Yeah, but since we were only testing something, and I yeah, did, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I ran that very aggressively, but mm. you failed a lot of saves. So I failed a lot of saves. Um, <laughs> it wasn't so, necessarily my team; it was me. <laughs> test uh, number. Chance's second point is let them die, only to start the next session as a group of clerics, resurrecting them in the future. Maybe a hundred years later, the big bad em enemy guy might have had huge progress and now things are way worse off than they were before, but they are still their only hope. That's why the resistance or a secret order has brought them back for one last attempt with all of their resources on the line. We are your only hope. Oh man, you guys are so screwed. <laughs> there really wasn't anyone else. You guys chose us, the, the bastards who died to this. Game. We Man, already you failed. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are in rough shape. Um, what year is it? <laughs> come out like Robin Williams and Jumanji with the big giant scruffy beard. What year is it? Um, oh man, what do that you guys think about this? So I would love something like that. So I imagine, like again, if I'm playing Zorax, uh, sorry, Ian, I'm kind of just taking this by storm. No, uh, but <laughs> um, so say I'm like playing Zorax. Obviously, I love Zorax. I would hate for him to kind of go. I'm sure you kind of like him too because this dumb bastard just held the devil shield for like three times straight and you're just kind of like this guy's gonna fucking die at some point <laughs> uh but uh i would love just to be like it'd be really sad for me to just kind of see him go because he was a fun character but i could i would love the idea that he kind of just gets brought back for the second chance and you like playing that character he would 
he would take that second chance to such an extreme. Like he would be like, not only am I going to kill this guy, but I'm going to change everything from that point. It'd be super fun. It'd be yeah. a lot of interesting character development too. So yeah, I, don't know. I agree hundred percent. What do you think, Ian? Let me get this straight. You were dead. And then we were in the afterlife. I was in heaven. And then you ripped me out of there to come back to hair. Oh, that would be so funny. Could you imagine? Oh. Somebody's pissed off that he got brought back. It was, did you have any idea what I had up there? Yeah. Zorax is like, you brought me back from my job to do this shit? Although technically, I believe you have to... It's, although I believe in most resurrection spells, if they're trying to revive you, you can choose to not come back. So, and I guess that might be the train of thought. Why? Right. Well, although, Alternatively, they could have used a wish spell. You don't get that option, maybe. Yeah. Or for the round. They're pulled out of hell. Oh, thank you so much for taking me out of there. You don't know what that was like. Uh, I regret being an devout. evil guy. I'm good. <laughs> they go to the nine hells and they end up becoming devout and like start multi-classing into cleric and like, please don't let me go back there. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll change. I'll change everything. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Person. Or they have hardcore PTSD. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. I'm a serial face-to-face. I ain't doing it again. <laughs> I'll do anything else. Um, Super fun. Dude, yes. You could do so much with this. I agree. This is I a like very good idea. dungeon master tip. Mm-hmm. That'll do it for our Dungeon Master tip. Oops, I killed them all. <laughs> and, like, like, it happens, right? Inevitably, you're going to be like, oh, shit, I really fucking killed them all. <laughs> like, oops. Ah, well, Thunder. you know. Our player tip of the podcast is don't, don't be, a dick. be a dick. Well, you know, we can only we, get so close to we it. We tried. <laughs> yeah. Um, our player tip, and you can avoid dickitude by... Focusing on those arcane studies, my personal favorite is the Ash Prison. So in order to make the Ash Prison work, you need a combination of spells, either two spellcasters or uh, a single one over two rounds, which is a little harder without somebody keeping him there. But, hey, you never know. So and you got a fighter that's coming in. He's going to bear hug me like, do it! <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing is you cast Wall of Fire on your enemies, and then you surround them with a wall of fire, or wall of force, and encase them so they can't escape the fire. Locking them in with the flames and turning them into a barbecue for up to a minute. Escape is nearly impossible as the wall is immune to most damage. Um, spells such as Disintegrate and Dispel are really only of, uh, are uh, probably the... Only few of uh, a couple of the few ways that you could actually break this combo. Now, obviously, this would be easier with two spellcasters, either two wizards or a source wizard or whatever, and right. one person readying their wall of force after wall of fire is cast. So as soon as wall of fire goes up, boom, wall of force encases them and they can't escape. Now, if you're by yourself, you might have a little more trouble with that because it's possible they can get out unless somebody's willing to grapple and keep them in there, or maybe they <laughs> don't true. move. So unless your barbarian's an absolute badass and is just like, oh, I've got to do it, guys. You can, gonna... if, you can if they're that that magical one where they get the resistance to one element. One of the totem ones, I yeah. think. Right? Yeah. I don't remember which one it is. You get oh. like the 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 desert. Oh, shit! Which oh, barbarian yeah, the, was that? 
the Storm Herald one, I think is what it's called. Ah, maybe that was it. That sounds familiar. But basically, so. one of them's like the desert, and I think it makes them resistant to fire. Or if you've got a tiefling buddy who's willing to grapple some bitches and just let them burn, and be like, he'd be like, it was back like my good old times back in hell. <laughs> he's just he's like reminiscing, like, oh, this sounds fucking cool. Yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> I'll be in there. Steve's like, that's diabolically brilliant. I love it. That's, that's, that's brutal shit right there. I love it. <laughs> he says, I hope my players don't get that smart. <laughs> yeah. Ian, what do you think, buddy? I actually used wall fire the other day, so I'm down with this. <laughs> yeah, I would love this just because I, I want to imagine the fact that, like, yeah, there's only one spellcaster on your team, which I mean is possible, right? Sometimes right. you only get, like, that one spellcaster on your team. And this would be like he's trying to conjure this idea. Like I don't really know how to make it work. Well, if you got this, you know, the rest pro- aren't spellcasters, so somehow they're going to be able to make it work, right? You got the, <laughs> like you got the paladin, the fighter, and the barbarian grappling all of them. You're like, hey, bring fire. We we burn all of them. <laughs> I love it. I like it too. It's great. Yep. Um, I think that'll do it for our player tip of the podcast. Don't be a dick. Oh, yeah. Nice try. Well, <laughs> it's already badass, so is it really? <laughs> um, please join us on our next episode where we'll be discussing Dungeons and Dragons, Forgotten Realms locations that deserve to be visited by you, by Wizard, by everyone. They're just good. Okay. Awesome. Exciting. Okay. Uh, if you have any feedback on our tips and tricks or topics you would like to, us to discuss, please send them to us. Uh, you can email them to us at CritAcademy at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook at CritAcademy. We hope you enjoyed your experience here at Crit Academy. If you did, you can help others find the show by leaving a hopefully five-star review on iTunes or just send us a message telling us how much you enjoy the show. Also, be sure to give us a like and a share. Yes, make sure to subscribe to our show at CritAcademy.com. Follow us on Twitch.tv slash CritAcademy. And subscribe to us on YouTube so we can help you on your future adventures, as well as be entered to win cool prizes each and every single week. Also, make sure to check out our awesome fellowship members. If you have not checked out uh, Inner Party Conflict, Gabe and Jeff do a wonderful job answering your questions. Also, check out uh, the Brute Force and Ignorance uh, actual play podcast. Those guys are hilarious and fun. Um, also head on over and follow the kind GM on Twitter. That guy also has uh, fantastic, uh, content for you to share in his blog. So, um, one last call to action as a reminder, our, uh, shit, my blank, mine just went blank. That's, that's lovely. Uh, our dark tides of Damodan, uh, releases on April 15th. Please check it out. Hopefully it'll become another bestseller just like all the rest of our products. It is seriously really fun. Uh, like I know, like I said, you know, we all fucking died, but, and you know what? I had a great time until, you know, to the bitter end. I was, I was in, I was in for the ride. Yeah. And you perfectly played your, your enslavement. Well, good job. I, I dude, it's fun being the bad guy for a reason. <laughs> that being said, I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. And I'm your co-host, Austin. Thanks for listening. Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes. Heroes.